Well, hi, Freedom Church. Um, it's a joy for me to be with you today. I'd much rather be with you in person in the great city of Liverpool, but here I am. And there you are in your homes. And this COVID-19 situation seems to be going on and on and still lots of things we've yet to get through, I'm sure. But we've been learning loads of things and God's been speaking to us and he's been rearranging things. None of us are going to come out of this the same as we went into it. I guess in some ways, um, God's purpose for all of us is to keep learning lessons what is it, Lord, you're saying to me? What is it you're saying to us as a church? Are there things that need to change so that we do things differently in the future? It's like a big pause button, really, on our lives. And it's being done for a reason. And, and God sovereignly is working out his purposes, even though sometimes we can't see them. So I just want to massively encourage you as individuals, if you're finding this a tough time, do you know what? We all are. And if you're finding this a bit difficult as a corporate church together, as a, as a community, that would be true throughout the whole world. I've recently had contact with people in all parts of the world, different nations, and it is a global pandemic, pandemic, and we're all going through this same thing together. So take heart, know that God is with us, know that he's speaking to us, and know that there'll come a time when we'll actually look back on 2020. Can you believe this? Because most of us can't wait to be over, but we'll actually look back and I think we'll be saying, do you know what we learnt during those times has been amazing, and they've been in good stead for us as we go forward in our future together. So thank you for inviting me, having me with you this morning. I'm so thrilled and delighted to be able to be part of your series, Lessons from the Life of David. And the life of David is such that, as we know, as a young man, he was anointed to be king over Israel. And kind of from that moment, the rest of his life, he goes further and further and further away from the possibility of being the king, or so it seems. He ends up in a cave with a kind of a, a, a rabble around him that don't look equipped to be, to be able to do very much. And the story goes as we get towards the end of 1 Samuel, and I know you've been looking at this over these last few weeks, that it's kind of further away than ever from seeing God's calling on his life being fulfilled. And there's this moment in 1 Samuel 30, for example, where he comes back to a place called Ziglak with a kind of raiding party. And the Philistines have taken off uh, his wife, his children, all their wives and children. It's so devastating. And they pick up stones, his men, to stone him because they want to blame him for the situation. When it can't be worse than this. It's like David hits rock bottom. I think it's in 1 Samuel 30 verse 4, David's, David says, And I wept until I had no strength left in order to weep. And yet in verse 6 it says, But David strengthened himself in the Lord. It's a strange little phrase. We don't really know what that meant, but what we do know is from that moment on, the whole story changes. And here we are today, I could be speaking in a moment, a few chapters later on, everything's turned around. David's defeating the Philistines, the ark is being brought back into Jerusalem, he is anointed as king. There's some t amazing things beginning to happen. We're going to take up the story today in 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 17. So here we have David, he's beginning to defeat his enemies, 
things are turning around, things are looking good. Let's read from 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 17. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. But David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. And David came to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there, and he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood. Therefore the name of that place is called Baal Perazim. And the Philistines left their idols there, and David and his men carried them away. And the Philistines came up yet again and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, You shall not go up. Go around to their rear and come against them from uh, against them opposite the, the balsam trees. And when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then rouse yourself. For then the Lord has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. And David did as the Lord commanded him and struck down the Philistines from Geba to Giza. Well, we're supposed to be learning lessons from the life of David. So I've got two lessons I'd like to share with you from this passage that I believe are very much relevant to the COVID season in which we are living. And the first lesson is so simple, but so vital. It's this. We need to realize that asking God is important. The phrase used here is David inquired of the Lord. It basically means David asked God about what he should do in the situation that they were facing. And in verse 19, it says, um, he says to the Lord, will you give these Philistines into our hand? And the Lord said to David, go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. David inquires of the Lord. The Lord answers, yes. You will go up and I'll give them into your hands. It's a done deal. David's secret weapon at this point in his life was basically this. He has learned the lesson of how important it is to not go ahead and do his own thing, but to ask God, to inquire of the Lord. Why is this his secret weapon? Well, because he knows that God is a living God and that this living God speaks. So when he asks him, God will speak back to him. Just pause for a moment. I think a lot of us are maybe at a stage of life where we need guidance. We need to know what God is saying. What is he saying to me about this situation or about that situation? We need to be good at asking God because he's a God who wants to speak to us. There's a little verse in James chapter 4 verse 1 where it just says this. You do not have because you do not ask. We need to be good at asking, asking God for big things that we're facing, but even asking him for what might be considered fairly insignificant things. We should certainly be asking him a lot about things to do with COVID, to do with the church, to do with the nation, to do with ourselves and the things that we're going through, the things that we should be learning. God hasn't stopped speaking just because of COVID. He's a speaking God. And so we need to be good at truly asking him.
And when God speaks, I wonder if it will be like a kind of mystical whisper, not quite sure whether we're hearing from God or not. Or would it be a very clear answer? I want to suggest to you God wants to speak to us clearly. So for David, we don't know exactly how he heard from God, maybe an audible voice, but he hears from God and there's no doubt that God has spoken and given the answer. I believe in the new covenant, which we now live in, this side of the cross, we can hear the voice of God even more clearly than you could have done in the old covenant. Holy Spirit has come to dwell within us. Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice. All you and I have got to do is stay close to the shepherd, Jesus, and we will hear his voice. One of the challenges we face is we're living in a world where there are many, many voices, lots of noise all around us. Sometimes we don't hear the voice of God, not because God is not speaking to us, but because we're already listening to other voices. My encouragement is get close to Jesus in this COVID season and you and I will begin to hear him saying all kinds of things to us. For me personally, I found three things really helpful. And this is particularly for any of you that are wondering, should I do this? Should I go there? What is God saying to me? First of all, I've found this phrase, God's inner audible voice. I found it so helpful to me. I'm not waiting for some booming voice externally because God is speaking to me internally. It may be subjective, but it's the Holy Spirit speaking to me, revealing God's will for my life. And then secondly, that God will always confirm what he says by something objective. So I'm sensing God is saying something to me, but it's confirmed by outside objective things happening in my life. For example, I might read the word of God and the word of God confirms what he's saying. Or maybe there's a prophetic word that comes that confirms what God is saying. Or, or maybe it's, it's circumstances that turn around to show me that God is really saying this. Perhaps God will speak to me through people. I guess in the end, the major objective thing is that what I feel God is saying to me actually comes to pass. It happens. So there's God's internal or audible voice. And then and then there's the objective confirmation that's saying this is the right thing to do. And the third thing is peace. If I feel God has said something to me, but I'm in turmoil about it, then I can probably come to the position where I realize this isn't really the voice of God. But if I'm flooded with peace all the time, then I know that this is God's will for my life. But God not only wants to speak to us as individuals, he wants to speak to us corporately. I think God's got things he wants to say to Freedom Church about your future, about this experience of COVID, but about what God's going to do when all of this is over. I think God wants to speak to you as a church. And so in order to God to speak to us as a church, we as a church have got to come together and we've got to ask him. Corporate prayer is so important. As we pray together, we have the mind of Christ. It's wonderful. He speaks to us as a people about what we should do next. And maybe there's going to come moments in the future for Freedom Church where God's going to say, now I want you to plant another church somewhere. Or I want you to invest in another part of Liverpool. How are we going to know whether that's God's will or not? Well, because he's going to speak to us. Maybe God's going to give you a building or maybe God's going to give you somewhere else to meet. I don't know what these things are, but I'm really excited because I know that God has promised to speak to us. David inquired of the Lord. He asked him, what should we do? 
This is a major lesson for us to learn that we need to ask God always for what he wants to do through us and in us. Now, I just want you to look at a really interesting part of this passage, which is kind of surprising, but really important. David's asked of the Lord and the Lord said, yes, go do it. And then the Philistines come. They spread themselves out even more thinly, by the way, so that they look even more powerful. And then David inquires of the Lord again. So in verse 22, it says they came up out, up to the valley. And, and, and verse 23, when David inquired of the Lord, he said, you shall not go up. Wow. First time he said, go up. This time he said, no, 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 you shall not go up. You shall not go up, but you shall go under the balsam trees and listen for the sound of the marching. And when you hear the sound of the marching in the trees, then you'll know this is the time to move. I find this completely fascinating. He doesn't just ask God once. He asks him again. The key lesson to us that we learn from the life of David is this. David has learned total dependency upon God. He does not presume just because we won the first battle, we're going to win the second battle. He really is someone who's learned this tremendous lesson that self-reliance, my resources, is not the answer. It's got to be God and it's got to be his word. I can imagine David and maybe some of the army thought, well, we can do this. Here's the Philistines. We don't need to ask God. We can just presume that this will happen because it happened the first time. I can just imagine some of the army of David being really confused at this point. Here's the Philistines. You can imagine, come on guys, let's go. We whacked them the first time. Let's whack them again the second time. And then David says, we're going to go and sit over there opposite the balsam trees. And you can just imagine some of the soldiers saying, what are we doing? Where are we going? Why? Does anybody know why we've got to sit here when all the Philistines are there? We can take them out. Can you just imagine some of them saying, we didn't have to do this last time. We just went and won the victory. Why do we have to do this? All these kind of questions are coming up in there. And what's this thing about the balsam trees? And what's such a big deal about listening for the marching sound in the trees? Well, there's just so much going on here. There's just so many lessons that they and we can learn. We need to understand that we need to inquire of the Lord every time. And the reason for is this, we march out, as it were, at his word. It's about his ways of doing things and not ours. It's about his timing and not our timing. It is about the fact that he never does the same thing twice. And that's why we need to come back to him and ask him again and again and again. I think it's an amazing lesson for us to learn. Jesus it says, only did what he saw the Father doing. And have you noticed there was no formulas in Jesus' way of doing things. He always did things different. It's like he's hearing from God, this is the right thing for that person, this is the right thing for that person. I'm nervous of formulas. If you think you've got this nailed and this is the way to do something, it means you're no longer inquiring of the Lord. I think we need to be people who humble ourselves and learn to hear from him. I think the early church were like that. They didn't presume things. They constantly came back and asked the Lord and we need to do the same. Have you noticed that COVID seems to be a season where we're forever 
sitting around waiting. It's like we're having to learn endurance and patience and maybe we're having to learn to listen to the Lord for the right time. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, when on earth are we going to get out of this? Do you know the answer to that is? When the Lord speaks. Maybe we're just learning to sit under a balsam tree at the moment. I have no idea what a balsam tree looks like, by the way. But we're sitting under one. Maybe we're just learning to listen to the marching, the armies of the Lord going before us. So the first big lesson we learn from this passage is this. Inquire of the Lord. Ask God, not just once, but each time before we make a move. Because God does things differently in different ways. I think he's really teaching us it's about him and not about us. Which leads us on to the second lesson that we get from this passage and that's this. It's the Lord who fights the battle. It's not you and me. It really is the Lord. Look at verse 20 with me from this passage. And David came to Baal Perizim and David defeated them there. And he said the Lord... Notice that it is the Lord who has broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood. Therefore, the name of that place is called Baal Perizim. Baal Perizim, the actual word literally means the Lord of bursting through. I just love that phrase. This is the Lord who has won the victory. You know, when Moses held his rod over the Red Sea and it parted, the people knew it wasn't about the rod. This was God parting the Red Seas. He was the one who carried them through to the promised land. You know, it wasn't that. Uh, it was the marching around the walls of Jericho and the, and the trumpet sound. I mean, it's a reason why all of that had to do. They had to do all of that. That's another sermon on faith. But the reality is the walls fell down at the word of the Lord. It was God going before them and fighting the battles. God was with them. The Israel nation sometimes failed to remember this. Everybody else was petrified of the army of Israel, not because of their numbers, not because of their fighting skills, but because they knew God, the living God, was amongst them and he was with them. That's what made them so terrifying. God was with them. The battle had already been won because of that fact. Boy, do we need to learn this lesson today. You, as a church in Liverpool, Freedom Church, I want to really plead with you to learn this lesson. It's not down to you and your size and your numbers and your resources. The battle belongs to the Lord. It's his fighting and his battle that really will bring us through to great victory. You know, we're, we're living in very challenging times. The, the UK church scene at the moment doesn't look terribly healthy. It's about numbers of people leaving church rather than coming to join it. If it's just down to our numbers and our resources, our future is very bleak. And also we're living in an increasingly secular society all around us. You think of reaching Liverpool with the gospel and you think it's, it's just overwhelming. Where do we begin this whole sections of this city that we don't even know how to reach these people? It's all a bit overwhelming. We feel small and insignificant. Well, it all depends on where you look. If you look within yourself or even around you at the circumstances, then no wonder you get a bit bleak. 
But how's about the answer is to not look at ourselves, but to lift up our heads and to look up rather than to look in. Maybe it's about hearing the sound of the marching in the Borson Street trees and learning this lesson. Wow, we might not feel very significant, but the Lord was, is with us and it's him who goes before us. He's the God of breakthrough. He's the God who wins the victory. He's the God who gets all the glory. So where do you look? Where do I look? Let's not look in and around. Let's look up and we will see the resources of God. And of course, our battles today are not like David's battles with the Philistines, which were literally physical wars. But they're no less real. They're just spiritual rather than physical. And so the same thing we see in Ephesians chapter 6, this picture of the church at war wearing our army, armour, knowing that we have an enemy who has schemes against us. He's an invisible enemy. There are principalities and powers that we fight against, not just flesh and blood. And our weapons are, are kind of different. They're prayer and they're putting on the armour and they're fighting the fight of faith. And so we have an enemy who has schemes. We have an enemy who is called the accuser of the brethren. That's us. We have an enemy who is a deceiver. He's invisible. There are principalities and powers. But above all, the word of God teaches us that he's already been defeated. The Lord has already gone out before us. The battle has already been won. There is victory in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And for us, what are we called to do? Well, we're called to be in the right place at the right time, even if it's under the balsam trees. Even if we don't understand why we're here and what we're doing, we need to be in the right place at the right time and we need to live in his victory and we need to live in his resources rather than our own. And it's not so much a heavenly battle. It's a spiritual battle, but it's very much worked out here on planet Earth, the day-to-day -day lives in which we live. The part that we have to play is very real. It's the Lord who wins the battle. It's the Lord who fights the enemy and has already fought him. But somehow in his sovereignty, he uses us in order for that to come to pass. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Does that mean we just all sit back passively and just say, well, it's Jesus, he's got to do it. No, of course not. We're there, we are his church, we're praying, we're interceding. But we know at the end of the day, we're not the one who wins the battles, but him alone. We are to fight, we are to rebuke, to resist, we are to wrestle and struggle, we are to stand our ground. We're to apply his victory through prayer, we're to be salt and light, we're to be his voice, we're to help advance the kingdom and plant churches, we're to exercise faith and move into action. And David and his men were in the right place at the right time. But they understood this important lesson, which I'd love us to understand today. That at the end of the day, it's the Lord who fights the battles. You know, this COVID season in which we're living in, there's one thing that I just want to finish by leaving you with. And that's, and that's this. We are the generation of people that God chose to live through a time like this. It's interesting. Covid happened on our watch as it were. I've just started to think about that more and more even for new ground as a family of churches. I wonder why this happened. I wonder 
God in his sovereignty must have thought we would, we would be the right people for a time like this. But one of the big lessons that I believe we've got to learn amongst the many, many lessons that we're learning is because we are the right people at the right time, we need to be confident, not in ourselves, but in his choosing of us. And we also need to be confident that we're getting ourselves ready for something vast, greater than we've ever seen in our lives before. I passionately believe God is taking us through something, not that we go, shoo, at the end of it, thank goodness we survived, but that we might come out stronger, that we might come out with more resources, that we might come out learning lessons, and maybe one lesson is to learn to keep asking the Lord, another lesson is to learn it's he who fights the battles and he is the one who wins. I see huge breakthroughs coming in the years to come. I see huge breakthroughs coming for you, Freedom Church in Liverpool. I don't think you're ever going to be the same again. You're not going to be the same as you went into this season and you're going to be different when you come out. You're going to understand that there are more resources in God. You're going to depend more upon him. You're going to know his favour upon you. Are we asking God... Are we trusting that it's the Lord who wins the battles? I'd love to pray. I'd like to pray for some of you as individuals right now. I'd love to pray for you as a church community as you face a future that's still got lots of unknowns and uncertainties, but it's full of what we do know. So let's pray. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want you to come and speak today to individuals that are watching this right now some of whom maybe I've got lots of questions, don't quite know the answers. What, what Lord, are you saying to me? I pray that people today will come to you, Lord. I pray that we'll inquire of the Lord, not just once, but again and again. Make us, Lord, as individuals to be good at asking. Jesus, you said, ask and you will receive. I pray that we will ask you. And then, Lord, I pray that we will know that it's you who fights the battles, that you are the one who's going before us. And that doesn't mean that we become passive and just sit back. It means that we are available to be used by you. I pray for Freedom Church this morning, that with all the, the, the kind of battering and, and, and difficulties that come as we're kind of tossed around a bit with all this COVID thing and we don't know things anymore, we're not sure how it's all going to pan out, Lord, I pray for an undergirding of us this morning of absolute confidence that not only you speak to us, but you have all the resources that we need for everything we face today and in the future. And I pray for Freedom Church corporately that we will hear from you and we will see great battles won in your mighty name for the city of Liverpool and beyond. We ask it together for your glory. Amen. God bless you. And I look forward to seeing you, God willing, in person even, before too long. Amen.